the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The left is in free fall. There is one embarrassment, one humiliation, one stupidity after another. And the prospect of an Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris uh, presidential candidacy should horrify every single American. And uh, so should the prospect of democratic success in the upcoming congressional elections. And why do I say that? Because that democratic success would empower the kind of idiots who uh, just a couple of days ago wouldn't let Christina Hoff Summers even begin her speech at Lewis and Clark University at their law school uh, in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Christina Hoff Summers joins us. She's a resident scholar at American Enterprise Institute. She is a former philosophy professor. She's the author of Who Stole Feminism, The War Against Boys, and most importantly right now, host of the very popular video blog, The Factual Feminist. Uh, Christina, thanks very much for joining us, and you fully recovered from your experience at Lewis and Clark? Yes, I have. In fact, I gave a speech yesterday at... um another law school at uh, Willamette Law School in Salem, and the students were very polite. Well, isn't that refreshing? So so what did you – did you know that you were going to be disrupted, that they were going to try to shut down your ability to speak? I had no idea until a few hours before, and uh, the the student group that invited me was a student chapter of the Federalist Society, and this – young man wrote me and said that there were some, you know, disturbing things being posted around uh, in, in, in emails and so forth. And he sent one to me, uh, which was signed by a number of student organizations, describing me as a well-known fascist coming to campus. Well, see, I've known and, you for a long time. When, when did you become a member of the fascist party? I don't know. I'm still a registered Democrat, a moderate feminist, you know, a philosophy professor. I don't know how they got this information, although I will say it might have been because the um, the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center put me on a, a list as a enabler of male supremacy. What? So they may have. Yes. What? They, yes. Just as they they've listed. I mean, Ben Carson is called a fascist, and and or, or he was on some kind of blacklist. And they've uh, done this to Ayan Hirsi Ali and uh, to other Muslims. No, it's atheists. appalling. They did it to focus on the family, uh, and a focus on the family was was portrayed by Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group. And as a matter of fact, I my last interchange with that organization was right after you remember they had that shooting at, at Focus on the Family. And, yes, yes. Which and, and so see, I think they I think they may have uh, contributed to this because the then the Portland National Lawyers Guild, who sort of sponsored the protests against me, uh, used which is a Bolshevik organization, right? I mean, National exactly. Lawyers Guild yes. is an old commie yes. front organization. 
but the 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 point about this is: Do you have some sense of what position you have taken or what cause you've advocated that has upset these leftist crazies most? I think because I, I though I am a feminist, I'm a dissident feminist. I challenge some of the uh, radical. Uh, rhetoric, as well as the twisted theories about the capitalist heteropatriarchy. I just don't find that helpful. So I'm always kind of, uh, you know, I visit campuses and and ask for some more moderate attitudes to be represented, and I argue for a reality-based judicious feminism. I did write a book, uh, The War on Boys, where I document how boys are falling behind in school, I had a piece in the New York Times that got a lot of attention a few years ago and, uh, def- you know, pointing out the the deficits of boys. And I think it was this, this these articles and books about boys that they interpreted as being an enabler of male supremacy. Because they want boys to fall behind. Well, I don't know. I don't think they thought it through. But if you if anyone who's listening looks at the videotapes of my parents at Lewis and Clark Law School, emphasis on law school. These are not, you know, 18, 19-year-old undergraduates at Bates College or Oberlin. This is a law school. These were adults. And uh, there was a large contingent of protesters that, that looked like something out of South Park. The leader <laughs> had a, a, a jacket that said, Stay Woked. And she was reading. She couldn't even memorize her own chants. She was reading them off her cell phone, interrupting me by, with chants and songs and Outside, I think it was the local Antifa came, this so-called anarchist group. And, and it's it's so nuts because, he, I, I mean, you are you're a nice person. You're a positive person. I think everybody gets along with you. I, I know. I don't have enemies. I'm even polite on Twitter. <laughs> no. and, and you're and you're moderate. You're not you're not some kind of uh, a crazy. You, you are not part of the alt right. Have I got that right? Christina? Oh, forbid, no, no, they've attacked me. And the, and the men, some of the men's rights, the male supremacists or whatever in that group have attacked me. Okay, what was uh, what was the announced topic of your speech that you weren't allowed to give? It was uh, it was called The Closing of the Feminist Mind. Okay, and so I that sounds provocative. Urge, yeah, well, I was going to urge they open their minds, too. And it was an emphasis on the need for free expression, on the need for rational scholarship. I had lots of examples, but I point out in the beginning of all my lectures that I welcome criticism. I welcome, you know, I leave a lot of time for comments, but, uh, in, you know, after the lecture. But the... Uh, there, as I understand, there was a diversity dean who came up and yes. cut your speech short. Is that right? Yes. She came up to the podium <laughs> and said, why don't you just stop and take their questions? And I guess she judged it, you know, but I had I, I was on page two. I'd had so many interruptions. I was never able to put forth my argument. And the room was I, mean, I must say <laughs> the majority of those students. I feel sorry for the students at Lewis and Clark and even maybe some members of the administration because they're afraid of these students. And these students have apparently created havoc at that school. What is what is to be done? What do you how do we address this shameful situation at so many colleges and universities across the country? Well, I have to say, and this was something that was in my lecture, I didn't get to say, but people say, well, why are the students acting out like this? Are they over trophied millennials or snowflakes? And I, I don't find any of that helpful. 
because the the root cause that that I think has, has driven these kids over the edge is in the curriculum. What were they taught when they majored in gender studies or peace studies or what any many of these studies you know programs, ethnic studies? They learn radical theories, which are supported by inflated statistics about how much of a failure our society is. And now we see this on both the far right and the far left, a willing, you know, no trust in our institutions and sort of contempt for the mainstream society. The far right is not in the universities. It's a problem, of course, but but the far left is in the university. Not not only is, but it's empowered. And by the way, people are paying for this. Uh, Jeremy just looked up the tuition at Lewis and Clark Law School. Uh, You know what it is, Christina? (laughs) Yeah, I think someone tw- it's like forty three thousand a year. Or something. Yeah, forty three thousand two hundred ninety dollars. I don't know how they came up with the, that exact uh, figure. It's always a, a mystery, some kind of alchemy. Forty three thousand two hundred ninety dollars per year to educate your children to stay woke. Um, do you, what does stay woke mean, by the way? Well, I think it's a sort of a hipster word for being awake and enlightened to the capitalist, patriarchal, oppressive society. Uh-huh, which is the same <laughs> society that has allowed your parents to pay $43,290 a year for you to go to that august institution. Stay strong, Christina, and I, I you should know that there are uh, tens of millions of people out there who are applauding uh, your factual feminism. Uh, you can find her blog. It's The Factual Feminist. You can also find Christina on Twitter, where she's gained a whole bunch of followers, at uh, Christina Hoff Summers on Twitter. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.